I'm I'm live with the blind goddess, um, yeah. and it is it is a true it is a true honor to have the conversation with you and just to unpack your story and your journey. And like I said, it was sending chills up up my spine when we first met because when <laughs> as I mentioned um, when you said to me phone me. Um, I was like, man, okay, cool. You're gonna, you're gonna, you sound like a very articulative businesswoman. It'd be awesome to hear your success story. And then I was like, all right, so, so what is your story? And you're like, no, well, I'm blind. I'm like, whoa, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> so the blind goddess, Megan Toke Adonis, we are in the yeah. house, man. I'm so excited to okay. have this chat. So thank you once again for, for taking the time um, to have this chat. Um, no, thank you. Yeah, only a pleasure and i'd love to uh, unpack the story of your journey and i know that i'm definitely going to be inspired and learn lessons through the journey um so without further ado if you could just introduce yourself who is megan choker adonis okay so uh megan choker adonis is a blind goddess uh, i am a young african female entrepreneur i am a 2021 global young innovator winner um, I'm a mover and change, cha uh, changer, and um, I'm someone who's very conscious in changing the narrative. So Megan Chaka Adonis is a blind goddess, changing the narrative um, of persons with disabilities and just conscientizing society through everything that I do. Yeah, man, that is amazing. So it's, we're, we're going to get into we're going to get into it now. The, um, you were when, 20, I think it was when 23 or 24 that you were you became officially or they diagnosed that, that you are blind um yes. give the the build up to to that actually being uh, or happening i think it was intracranial uh, pressure or something so yeah when it comes to when it comes to medical words i'm very bad at it you know so no I, not a problem <laughs> <laughs> so how did it all actually it's neither here or there <laughs> no don't worry because also when i went for a ct scan and they gave me the report i said look this is noodle soup because i don't understand one word yeah, you know i said tell me what do i have exactly <laughs> that's exactly what i said don't tell me all the stuff that i can't make sense of just tell me i'm okay that's all you literally three words yeah you know, i am okay <laughs> exactly so um, how did it how did it all start where did it first come to light that the that blind list was setting in for you okay so um in about 2014 let me say 2014 actually um obviously at the peak of my youth you know um coming back from cape town having met my partner my now husband uh, just enjoying life, you know, going out there and embracing everything around me. I started suffering from severe headaches. So I thought, okay, maybe because it was during exam times that um, it's probably a lot of stress. So I started taking, you know, paracetamol here and there and it progressed. Um, it became something that was unbearable at some point, but I, I've always found ways to manage it. And in between all of that, then I started having like one second blackout where it just goes dark for a split second and then it comes back. And I thought, what the hell is this? Mm. So it happened to me once when I was driving. Right. And that's where I said, no, 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 no. This is actually becoming quite problematic. I then took myself. I drove myself actually to my first appointment with a neurologist. And they had indicated that they saw a little bit of pressure and all of that. But then I, I was still fine at that point, you know. And after 
consulting with the doctor they tried to do an emergency book in there was a little bit of a mix up i don't know between the hospital or the doctor and my medical aid mm. and it just took longer than anticipated for my appointment to be made for me to go for mri scans and cat scans and do a lumbar puncture so that they can draw fluid mm. uh, from the brain so that they could understand what's happening uh, and so i was just sent home with no diagnosis and um within a period of 3 months i woke up and i was a blind goddess or let me say i was megan who could not navigate through life so you, you i woke were, up so you, you were die you went home officially with no diagnosis so yes. it was something that you thought okay maybe it is the stress maybe it is a little bit of this maybe a little bit of that and then all of a sudden you wake up one morning and then something clicks that says hey it, it, no this isn't there is something there is something yes and was that was that it started becoming a little bit blurry was it because all of it did um, you so it was quite blurry but i could still make out um images a little bit of images and text mm. and so i thought you know ugh, you know what i'm going to get into a hospital they'll sort it out and then i'll be uh back to my normal self and when i got there they tried to get me um what is this to do some scans and everything still waited for medical aid i had to be discharged still without any diagnosis what still aid, still uh with no diagnosis um <laughs> i did not have any of the symptoms wow. that the doctor you know diagnosed through a chart mm. so was it something that was never never heard of before or was it i mean to, to... it's um it's quite rare so endocrine hypertension is quite rare it's uh, mostly found in women who are obese high blood pressure you know hypertension and everything um and with the low immune system so because i did i was not any of those at that point mm. i know now i'm a little bit you know sicker <laughs> but then like you know i had no chronic mm. illness i had nothing you know medically i was good so that's why it was quite difficult for them and they had to run quite intensive tests in order for them to really put a finger onto what it was oh wow yeah no and then at that stage was it almost like a little bit too late it was too late um so eventually when i came back the medical aid did um respond after some time um they did some lumbar puncture test where they take like a very long needle chuck it uh, put it into the spine you know up to the brain and everything and draw liquid and i oh. found out that i was actually i think it's supposed to be at around 19 if i'm correct mm. uh the pressure and mine was in the 30s wow and i went to the ophthalmologist there and it was irreversible it was irreversible uh my optic nerves were severely damaged and that that, that is just because of the build up of the pressure yes because of the build up of uh, fluid around the brain that put pressure on the optic nerves oh wow and was there anything at the same time i mean were you were you still having headaches was it getting more severe or was it just the the vision that was that was just going i still had the headaches um and hence why they had to put me on a very rigorous treatment um mm. which was not so great because that treatment literally I could not function at all yeah uh, i think in the day when i was on that medication after i was discharged um i was awake probably no more than 3 hours in a day in 24 oh, wow. hours oh wow and i was not able to eat at all cuz i would throw up so yeah Wow. And when at I, that point 
the doctor just said, unfortunately, there's nothing that can be done. I went to the eye institution and that's where it actually really hit me that mm. this is, is real. permanent. Walk me through this now as well. Obviously, because it's been quite a build-up, you know. Obviously, for, from when you first said it, uh, you witnessed these little blackouts to realizing now it's blurry. Then now all of a sudden you go through this rigorous treatment. I mean, that itself is an emotional journey in itself. And then to get to the point where it's irreversible and you have to comprehend now that this is what it's going to be like for the rest of my life. You know, knowing what vision was and i'm saying that you know because you knew you were, you were able to see not knowing that you are able to see it as as uh, normally as 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 you yes. have before as a, you, having was, experience 100 what was that journey like that journey was quite a tough journey um i think it was more it was harder for my family and those around me than it was for me um i think at that point i thought i will see i'm probably going to get better but my family is the one that you know uh, had a hard time with it um to a point where i even went for surgery mm. um to alleviate the pressure instead of taking the medication i've got an in, i've got a shunt a vp shunt i've had two lp shunts that were unsuccessful through the spine i oh, went wow. paralyzed from one of the operations had to learn how to walk again so I was then blind and paralyzed uh, and had many oh stitches. Um, and I think for me, I tried to, I, I tried my best to keep as positive as possible because I could feel everyone around me literally falling apart. Mm. Um, you know, there were days where my mom, she would literally stand next to me and she would cry, but silently, yeah. you know. And only after she would leave would my husband say, mom was crying you know i walked mm. with her because she was crying mm. and there was times where my husband um had emotional breakdowns and i thought to myself i have to be strong for everyone else you know yeah. um this is going to get better but once i realized yes it's irreversible i thought what is the best option mm. and at some point obviously i went through my depression and only now i appreciate it because a lot of the times we forget it is a loss you know, uh, what I went through was a loss. I lost my eyesight. I needed to go through the stages of mourning. Yeah. Right. But understanding the stages of mourning means understanding that you need to mourn and get out of it. Mm. And it's a and it's a journey so I, that yeah that you had that you had to go through yourself. You know, as much as you you say yeah we understand what mourning is, but realizing now you know I have to walk this journey by myself. I don't know what it's going to be like. There are going to be good days. There are going to be bad days. I mean that must have really tested the mental strength your mental strength yeah it really really did um and i think because the same year i went blind and everything was going on yeah. um i found out i was pregnant yeah I so think, we yeah. Were pregnant <laughs> with our son yeah. <laughs> and i thought to myself god yeah who did i forsake you know yeah you made me blind I was paralyzed. I've learned how to walk. Now I'm learning that I'm pregnant. Yeah. And I went through a downward spiral mm. where I could not understand how I'm going to be a mother who is mm. blind. Mm. I don't know what it's like to even be blind. Now I must try and juggle these two, you know, new, new, um, how do I call it? They're called what? Uh, new stages of life. Yeah. You know? um, and, you, 
and I and and I and I read there as well that you were saying you know you you, you don't you won't be able to see you know that your 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 child's first steps and being a parent like that for me it was extremely extremely touching I mean touching knowing in terms of the challenge and you know I mean because everyone you know when you if you actually had to look back at it a couple of years ago you'd be like you know when we do have kids it'll be knowing that that's not going to happen I mean that that oh, that's the, the amount of strength that you have to get through to to pull yourself through there is, is truly remarkable and you you must you get to a stage where you question I mean what as you said what have I done wrong what did I do to deserve this this trauma this 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 journey um you know but through that process as well you must have also learned some amazing things that you would have never have learned if you didn't have this disability or the condition that made you blind i think for me right um once i found out i was pregnant my husband and i um it was through his strength where he said to me i said i can't have this baby you know and we know when i'm saying i can't have this baby what that means mm. and he said to me together we're going to do it we're going to have a baby and we'll find a way we don't know how because we've never gone through this type of journey or we've never been through this type of path but we will figure it out and i think that gave me some like the biggest strength that i needed at that point and i got so much support from my loved ones you know i i think through the positivity that i was showing mm. um they also drew from it and i got so much support from my mother my mm. number one supporter i got support from my father my siblings my sister absolutely adore her you know she wrote a book saying that she i'm inspiring her every yeah. single day that i'm with her as she's learning something new you know and even my in-laws you know they came behind me now imagine you are in-laws right your child is not married to this person this person is now blind and having a baby you know mm. that must have been very difficult for them but everyone around me embraced me and gave me the strength and as soon as i gave birth that's when i decided it's either i swim or i sink it's either i live or i live to die mm-hmm. and i took the the decision to say i am choosing to live mm-hmm. and life is beyond me i've now got someone this little person my husband my family that is looking up to me that i need to look after and that's when i started after i gave birth i gave myself a year to bond with my son and everything and you know understand motherhood it wasn't easy you know um a lot of crying happened because you know i'm trying to figure out things and everyone is trying to uh, do their best to make sure that um i'm not frustrated but i want to do everything myself i want to change nappies i want to wipe the poo poo i want to you know feed myself <laughs> yeah i had to <laughs> <laughs> learn how to feed you know being blind i needed to know how to um go from bottle stage uh figure out how do i find his mouth how do i make it comfortable for him how do i check if he's not choking how do i learn how to feed him with a teaspoon or a spoon etc you know so that i'm able to participate in all the activities um that a mother uh, goes through you know i'm experience able to experience it and the mother that i am choosing to be Mm, absolutely wow the reality of it is i mean when you said that you you, you had a choice the choice to you know sink or swim but it, it gets to a, it, it almost you need to get to a point where 
you've got to the bottom and you've realized and through that journey you know of the roller coaster going down you're trying to process and you realize that yes it's still it, it is still going down more and yes you know will it ever stop but then yeah. you do get to that point where you're at the bottom and i say bottom in terms of the turning point to say you know yes. it's, oh, okay it's like I've, i've gone through this now i've, I've made it through which is in itself I've, shows mm. me that i can okay I, i wouldn't have i wouldn't i would never have thought i'd be able to do it but guess what i am i've been able to give birth to a healthy young boy you know yeah. these are the, and so your mindset is to me is something that i find extremely remarkable and inspiring to and you say to get positive because to break through those negative those deep dark moments uh, which i'm sure on that on that journey down we're coming in from all angles to have that strength to make those decisions must have been extremely empowering to yourself as well because there must have been a side to you that you never saw if you didn't go down this journey and i'm i know what presuming having strength is one of them mm-hmm. you know what um i always tell people um being blind it never gets easy right being a person with a disability it never gets easy it's all about how you manage it and the first step of that is through self acceptance absolutely um, that i am blind i accepted that this is the impairment but also started going through the journey of realizing once i've accepted what does that mean it does not mean that i've accepted i'm blind and that is the end of the world no um coming to a point where you have accepted who you are what you are means then you are able to go beyond your your impairment or your disability and every day it's a challenge you know every day there's something new sometimes i forget that i'm blind and i'm reminded by uh, uh something else that hey you are still blind you know you might function like you are sighted but you are blind and you do have limitations and i always uh find ways to navigate around it and also just being exposed to other persons with disabilities um i mean already growing up you got this mindset that a person with a disability oh my god that is mm. literally the end of the world mm. you know and that was my mindset and i think that's where a lot of the fear was coming from yeah uh that once you go blind <laughs> there's nothing else for Life's you it's over that's it there's yeah, yeah that's it yeah so I had to be exposed to other persons with disabilities which mm. I did once I decided I'm going to go back I want to finish my qualification started mm. familiarizing myself getting their stories understanding their journey and through that I gained so much mm. inspiration I was so inspired and I woke up every day excited about life and my son mm. you know my family was growing and I thought I can make it work it's not going to mm. be easy and every time yes I might forget sometimes that it's not going to be easy and it's not easy but i've got such a great support structure that mm. they remind me how great i am and how great i can still be so when when you were exposed to the the environment of disability and people with other disabilities what was the one common thing that you found amongst that group of people i think the common factor there's a couple but uh some of them is that there there is a sense of hope right uh but at the same time there's a sense of fear so when i say there's hope they are hoping for a better future a better life uh better opportunities but there is this 
element of fear of knowing that I have to then work 10 times harder mm. in life. Um, but I found that there are the most loving people, but I didn't only find out when I was more exposed to persons with disabilities. Uh, my mom has surrounded us with um, very diverse people, uh, including persons with disabilities. And there was a lady that my mom always, um, you know, used to sit with and we would go and hang out with at the mall in Brooklyn. Mm. Uh, she's blind, but, you know, we've always been exposed to disability, but never this intensively, right? Mm. And I thought to myself, there is such greatness that exists in the disability sector. Mm. It just really, really needs advocacy. It yeah. needs intention. And it needs self-representation in the right spaces. Yeah, because that to me was, yeah. was the next question is, I know that you're a big advocate on it. And you were, I was reading and you were saying that the, marginalized, the, the people with disability are marginalized from society and mainstream. Why do you think that is? I think it's because of the misconception, right? Uh, the misconception around um, disabilities and hence why I advocate for changing the narrative. Mm. Um, I think prehistorically we have seen uh, what uh, the ideology around disability has been. Is that um, a lot of the time we find persons with disabilities are kept in a certain room or a certain section in the house. Mm. Um, we do not take them and expose them to the environment and other members of society. We try to safeguard it. So there's always two folds. There's a fold where it is literally coming from trying to protect. And then there's another point where we're trying to keep this shame away. Mm. Right? And that's where the negative uh, perspective or stereotypes then come in. And I think that then comes from the lack of awareness. I always say people, we must say they're ignorant. But they're not ignorant if they have not been educated on it and exposed to it. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And you see, it's always and it's always you when you say you've got to. And I say this as you know, you, you got to see it through other people's eyes or walk through their shoes to really understand and get that true understanding. And I'm sure for your, from your personal experience, you're the, the true testament of literally, you know, coming from having full sight to all of a sudden not, and then realizing as well what other people with disabilities do have to go uh, do have to go through um you know just like i said wow man that that's that is insane talk to me about a gentleman called sukumbuzo sukumbuzo yes. or donuts i know you talk yes. about the husband and when i was listening to the podcast as well you're mentioning about that man how important has that man been as a pillar in your life oh um so he's been one of God's greatest gifts to me. Um, I am truly blessed, even though he thinks he's the blessed one. <laughs> but I am <laughs> really truly blessed <laughs> because I have such an open husband, an understanding her partner. I've got a best friend. Um, you know, uh, and I'm quite a handler. I'm a handful, hey? <laughs> I am a handful, but, you know, the appreciation is there, the understanding is there, the compassion is there. And he's not the type to say, because my wife is blind, I'm going to hide her. Because my wife is blind, I'm going to limit her. In fact, he encourages me, you know, to do beyond what I think I can do or what I'm, I think I might be capable of. Mm. And he always reminds me 
but I am Megan. Nothing has changed. I've just grown.、Mm. You know, I'm not less of a Megan. I'm just a greater Megan.、Oh, and、wow. every day is a journey. And when I find myself frustrated, he always says, "I love you. Don't cry. You're breaking my heart. I'm gonna wipe your tears, and I hope after you're done crying, you're gonna have a solution to your heartache." Oh my goodness! He sounds like the perfect husband. Now, every, now he's, yeah, you set the bar so high for me. I must、yes. make sure. I must make sure my wife doesn't see this interview. Boy, <laughs> every time I have a moment of doubt, you know,、mm. I and I cry. I understand that yes, it's okay to cry. It is okay to have, you know, a moment of weakness. It is okay to have a moment of sorrow. I understand all of that. But I must cry and come up on top after that.、Mm. And he's there, you know, to cover where others might not see, you know, so that when I step into the world, I am making Chaka Ardana's the blind goddess. I know that the one thing that you've always also preached about is the the, the importance of importance、uh, of、um, a supportive structure. If you never had that. Do you? Where do you think you would have been? Where, 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 where? How do you? How more difficult would you think that journey would have been? It's going. It was going to be very difficult. I wouldn't, you know, in as much as I believe that I've always had resilience, I wouldn't be where I am right now, emotionally,、mm. mentally.、Mm. I would have not. I have interacted with many individuals who do not have the support structure, who've been blind all their lives. Who've been disabled all their lives, and they are still struggling, and it's because of the support structure that is not there, or that is not supportive in the correct way. And had I not had it, I really don't know where I would be. And that's why I'm always grateful for the support structure. I'm always grateful for my husband, my mother, my mother, my father, my sister. My sister is one of the biggest pillars, especially after I gave birth.、Mm. You know. And I'm learning all of these things, and they are learning in turn. You know, I always get told that don't think you're the only one we're teaching how to do things slightly different. You're always、mm. teaching us. I mean, cooking. They're like, how dare you cook blind? How's that possible? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so they are learning, and、wow. I just challenge them all the time. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um. That. Is... <laughs> Sorry. No. That. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but it was. It's something obviously that you've that you've embraced in your advocacy and in your organisations that you've started now is that element of support and you've obviously seen it as a key deficiency because what does it really boil down to? I know you spoke to about about purpose, but is it also an element of self confidence, a, a point of self acceptance? I mean, you must have also seen people that haven't accepted or don't know how to accept their, their disabilities. I think, you know what?、Um, with、uh, the work that I do,、um, which is advocacy,、uh, which I'm so passionate about, because I understand that it's been, it's my purpose.、Um, I have seen that we need to educate one another. Even me myself, being a person with a disability, I still need to be educated more on disability, on ways of life,、um, uh, in order for me to self accept. Right, I must have already been conscientized, or I must conscientize myself, in order for me to preach awareness or、um, sensitize you. I must be fully 
confident in myself. Mm. And I think a lot of the times we forget to instill confidence in our kids, you mm. know? Uh and that has been something that's very important. My mom has instilled confidence in me even when I was thinking this lady is crazy, you know? I can't be dressing like this or I can't take pictures. I don't want people to see me. Um, you know, I don't want to be front uh front of the stage or, you know, out there. My mom has always maintained um that we need to have self-confidence. And if we can find a society that appreciates one another, that is willing to teach and support one another, it could be we were then we'll be really preaching true transformation and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And if we look at a sector of persons with disability which is marginalized right um it is a sector here in south africa and africa that is abandoned uh, not only by the family members but by the community members and as the mainstream society mm-hmm. if we can have mechanisms of bringing it to a point where it is normalized mm-hmm. to engage interact to learn and teach and inspire and be inspired by everyone and each other I think we will not find persons with disabilities who are really struggling and if we can put more positive messages out mm. when it comes to disability that will mm. help a young girl who's sitting anywhere in the country to say anything is really possible but also inspire the parents the guardians yeah. of those children they really do go through a lot Now I, I love the I like picking up on small little things in 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 words and organizations. When you say living with dignity, what does that mean? So, um within the disability sector, we've been stripped to so much of our dignity. And when I speak of of dignity, um once you have your dignity restored, uh you are able to champion and navigate through life. Um dignity is very important. Uh, dignity comes with uh, self-awareness dignity comes with confidence dignity means you understand and appreciate your environment uh dignity you know there's so many ways of speaking about dignity you know it's like saying we are going to give a dignified funeral what does that mean mm. um it's of a certain standard and of a certain caliber mm. so meaning when we are saying women living with dignity disabled women living with dignity we're saying we're not going to give them second class um service or support but we're going to put our best foot forward mm. 100% yeah. and where where was that conceived where did that all where did that come to light for you okay so um in 2017 i went to um blind sa uh to learn how to you know navigate through my pc without sight uh, so i did like a computer course there and you know after having a few months being there and you know being inspired by everyone around me and having this 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 urge to learn more and to do more because i felt like i could do more it is possible for me to do something mm. you know whether it be touching two lives but there's something that is definitely pos- uh, possible there and also understanding the importance of advocacy uh and that's where i started doing some research and actually uh an aunt of mine in dombey's queer actually inspired me and said to me megan you are so passionate you're well spoken you've got all these great ideas you know your advocacy work is really great you should start your nonprofit organization now and i said no i don't think i'm ready and she said 
you are ready mm. there's no such thing as being ready you cannot be ready for something you have never experienced mm. so you are ready according to that standard you are ready and i did a little bit of research uh, i looked around in terms of what are the needs uh, for the disability sector their families and communities and i then founded the organization disabled women living with dignity but that was founded on the premise of advocating for women with disabilities because they are faced with very severe disparities but mm. overall now we advocate for all persons with disabilities their families and community members because we have seen a great need for it yeah man absolutely oh man that is absolutely amazing do you find that it's do you think from from the government and from the corporate world there's still there's still deficiencies there's still a lot of room for improvement you know what um there is a lot of room for improvement um we haven't really even scratched the surface at this point um, uh, because there's so it? much that needs to be done yeah there's so much that needs to be done you know people think okay because venues have a ramp mm. we are inclusive and in actual oh. sense it is <laughs> oh not inclusive goodness. because a ramp is actually meant for a wheelchair user yeah oh wow you know so is it is it from the fundamental point of view because i'm the point i'm trying to get at here is your advocacy your whole voice your whole movement um i think it's absolutely amazing but we at the point now is the the structural and, and structural and and infra, infrastructural problems that exist at the moment when you said now that they we still scratching the surface is that because we still haven't got the foundations right i think it's because we haven't gotten the foundations right right because we need to understand sensitization mm. i always say this sensitization 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 mm. sensitization say oh, being sensitized does mm. not mean sitting in a boardroom and we tell you what disability and you walk away and you said oh at work we did a, a session around disability and that's it Yeah. is really understanding the disability factor. So when I say I am a person who I am a dis- I'm disabled. So mm. Megan is disabled. Mm. I do not mean my physical attributes, right? Mm. I'm referring to the fact that I am disabled by the environment, disabled by society and disabled from opportunities. Mm. So there's a lot that wow. we need to look at. I mean, even now when we look at special schools, Why are we having special schools when we can have a fully integrated um inclusive school mm. that accommodates all children? Wow. Yeah, it gives you perspective. That's what no, we're looking at. Why must I walk somewhere different to where you're going to walk because I am a person with a disability? Mm, cuz that itself the struct the structure the the structure is actually most of the problem if it is saying this is for disabilities that for thing it's it's basically it's it's segregating and saying they yes. people with disabilities because that's actually pretty much half the problem if not more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when we look another thing i i always address is that when we look at let's say labor right um we look at the equity act and we look at the policies within government and private sector they will put a 2% or now i think it's been increased to about 7.2 or 7.5% um of persons with disabilities must be hired they must meet that standard which is mm. we're dismally failing at mm. but what i say is that what you're not taking into cognizance is that we are both black white indian colored disabled mm. people uh etc we are uh, male female transgender lgbtqai plus 
persons with disabilities we are youth with disabilities mm -hmm. we are male and you know we don't take that into consideration so when you say seven percent that already throws us out but if we were to look at an equity act that speaks about in each um division so if we're looking for 50 african males you must ensure that 50 percent of those 50 must be disabled mm. african males mm. if we're looking for 50 youth don't let it be 50 youth let it be 50 percent of those uh, 50 must be persons with disabilities mm. then we are really really seeking transformation mm. and we are really really speaking towards integrating all members of society absolutely but you also think it's mm -hmm. at, the, at the stage where the right people need to be making those policies in the inclusion aspect of it as well to say mm -hmm. what is the insight, what, what is the insight into it how can we integrate it because to make one mm -hmm. policy to make a policy is fantastic but the the merit of and the understanding yeah and implementation of it is have people you know that have got the experience and the understanding and i'm saying it like people like you are around that table of policy making to give them the mm -hmm. insight in because if if that doesn't happen what are we actually achieving yes everything's said uh, written on paper and everyone talks about it and as you said yeah oh, great every not everything's oh, we got a wheelchair sign it's it's our disability thing but it's, mm. not, it's not progressive and it's not inclusive and it's not yeah. moving it forward. Through the journey or through the, the disability, what has been the one thing that you have learned about yourself that if you weren't blind, you would never know or never knew existed? Um, I think I... I realized I'm actually well articulated. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know <one>. that. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> uh, I realized I like speaking quite a lot. And um, I realized if I put my mind to something, if I really want to learn about something, I can grasp it. You know, I used to have the self-doubt, you know, in school. Why do I not? Um, why am I not learning these sums as quickly as I should be as everyone else you know why am i not understanding these calculations and all these terms but now i i, I just have this thing this drive that if i want to learn about space i will learn about it and i will even know about whatever it is that i'm putting my mind to to a point where I'm now the one advocating and leading that type of movement. You know, mm. I never had an interest in politics at all. Mm. And now I am a nominee <laughs> for ward councillor in my ward. Yes, you I know? know. Every time you chat to me, there's almost like a new achievement. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hang ten. <laughs> this, he's on the brakes. You're going to probably be the most the most accomplished person I'm ever going to chat to. Yeah. You know, but, but so is it... I, but I, is, I is, that, is it because also... Yeah. Is, is that also because you've it's almost like unleashed an inner strength that you've never knew existed yeah it, it really really did it gave me so much confidence um i've got a lot of confidence now uh than i did uh, back then um i'm very proud of everything uh that i accomplish i start to appreciate i never had a real sense of appreciation for mm. any accomplishment um now i've got a true appreciation for even the smallest accomplishment you know just the fact that ryan called me and he wants to do an interview i'm like <laughs> celebrate absolutely you know? man um you know whatever it may be i got invited i i celebrate all the accomplishments and before i would have never had that mm. 
-hmm. I would have never had that appreciation and just an appreciation for life. I I enjoy so many things, you know. Um I'm very adventurous now actually. Um I'm a thrill seeker. I do things that are completely out the box. Um I like trying things. Yeah. I like trying new things. So there's just a lot that um I'm learning about myself and yeah. a lot of the other things are being enhanced, mm-hmm. you know, beyond my expectations. Mm. Because it's like it's almost like your disability has made you a stronger person with more clarity on your on your purpose in life, which is so crazier. Because in anything, mm. you'd think that it would be the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. That is... Yeah, I only tell people, this has been one of God's greatest gifts to but, me. But, blind. That is, but that is oh. cr- yeah, that is crazier. I'm saying to have yeah. that perspective, you know, it, it is... I, I find, like I say, I get goosebumps by it. To have that outlook and be saying that the disability, something that is life-changing, that I'll never be able to see fully... My kid growing up, you know, him uh, getting married one day, him graduating, you know what? Mm-hmm. But the mindset of it is to say, yes, okay, I've accepted. I haven't, I'm not going to do that. But I get to hear my son. I get to feel the emotion, you know. I get to hug him. I get to feel him. Those are the things I can be grateful for. And it's actually yeah. so crazy to think that people, they, they take so many things for granted, you know, in, in life. That we sit and we complain about a whole lot of things. But as you said, it almost takes you to, to to go blind to really appreciate it. Why? And you always question, but why does it need? Why can't people on every day sit back and and have the same approach? You know, it's it's mad. It's yeah. it's, it's it's just it's yeah, it's intense, man. It, I think it's yeah, like I said, it's just I'm goosebumped all out. You know what I mean? If you if you had to give. If you had to give any word of encouragement to someone that is obviously going through, whether it be a disability that they've had for a long time or, or re- recently being diagnosed with a disability or something that's quite tra- traumatic, what would what, what would you say to them? Okay, so because I'm your blind goddess, this is what I would say to them. So your blind goddess is saying to you, if anyone has told you that the sky is the limit, I am telling you the sky is no longer the limit. Whatever you put your mind to and your heart to, you can achieve it. If there are people who are not able to support you or help you, take the initiative to help yourself. It is very important for you to have humility, compassion, understanding. Self-love goes a long way. You cannot love others if you do not love yourself. You cannot appreciate something if you have not appreciated yourself. Embrace who you are from all angles and understand that life is a journey. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It's not going to be easy, especially when you're trying to achieve something that is greater than what people anticipate you to do. It's not going to be easy and neither is it going to be hard as you think. You just find ways to embrace each and every single stage of life because you need to walk away from yesterday asking yourself what have i learned embrace life wake up and say i thank god for a beautiful day a different day to be better and to do better give it your all and you have not failed when you fall you have not failed if you get up you're a failure when you fall and you stay on the ground but if you get up you dust yourself and you continue running you are a winner in my eyes 
Damn! <laughs> oh, geez. oh man! <laughs> holy moly! When I said like words like that, I was like, "Holy moly, that is intense! That is like so scripted and so well said." I was like, "Actually, you look. see, a lot of the time, you know, I, was like, like, I speak ah. from the heart." No, I, I know, but it's like, any of it my was speeches so, or anything. I speak from the heart. It was so beautiful. That's why I'm saying. I was like, "Oh my goodness, she better stop because I'm gonna fall off my chair here, man." But that is exactly <laughs> it. That is it. That is Megan Chalke Adonis, the lady that navigates life, you know, who's blind but has got a powerful vision. That is who you are, and it is amazing, man. I, like I, said, I might I'm, be without sight, but I'm full of vision. No, oh man, you see, like that there. That's just that's that that tugs at the heartstring, man. That's that's amazing. I think the work that you do is amazing. I think it has been an absolute honor to have this conversation with you. Oh, and thank I am you. able I'm to honored. use your voice to empower people and give them some sort of inspiration and hope. And from your story, be able to realize how grateful people can be for theirs, how they can reflect on their own life and be happy, content and graceful and graceful for a lot of the things that they have. But at the same time, also you know look at it from a different perspective that for me is absolutely amazing um megan i think you're an absolutely an amazing individual i thank you so much for your time and i just pray god's protection over you your family your organization and i wish you nothing Amen. short of success and happiness in anything that lies ahead because i know that you are going to make the most of it so thank you so much my dear Thank you so much, Ryan, for having me. And to all your viewers, let's work together in, you know, changing the world and expressing the diversity and dynamics that we have. And let's change the narr narrative together. Um, there's a lot of events I'll share with you. Come join us, celebrate, be merry, and let's have fun while we are changing the world.